The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Up in the atmosphere, up where the air is clear, oh, let's go, fly a kite, fuck your mom. (laughs) Whoa. What song is that? I don't know. It was one Mary Poppins. When I was a kid. Really? Isn't that a Mary Poppins? Mary Mary Poppins. It's It's from Mary Poppins, dude. Bro, you didn't know, (laughs) you didn't know Pink Floyd, but you knew... (laughs) Mary Poppins? Come on, bro. But I already called He's myself. He's got a, uh, you know, a very selective. Uh, That's just you know, weird. That's like weird knowledge. I already yeah. called myself out on the douchebaggery of the of the. That's column. not douchebaggery. It's just funny. No, it's good. It's, yeah. It's, no. It means you're diverse. You now know? watch. He's going to yeah. make me feel bad now. Watch. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I used to watch Mary Poppins with my dad before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Some shit> like, <laughs> horrible. You know what? It's just, on, let me, let me tell you and something. And then my dog died. I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm okay feeling well, like an asshole right now. I already feel like an asshole. Yeah. From what happened earlier. Did I tell you? I didn't tell you guys what happened earlier. No, what happened? Has this ever happened to you where you do something and you're you're aware that what you're doing is assholeish, but then ah. someone points it out to you and you get mad, but you don't say anything because you're like, you're right. Did that ever happen to you? Ooh, yeah. You just gotta eat it. Yeah. So like, Ugh, that's so like the worst. every day when I drive to my you know my personal training job in the morning, yeah, I have to take the back roads because. Traffic sucks, massive donkey dick in the mm. Bay Area. So I can't take the freeway. Mm, I have a story about that, but uh, about keep donkey going. dick. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> fuck. I almost want to hear that first. Random. <laughs> so I'm 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 driving and I'm in the back roads we'll and there's and there's a point where I have to turn left and a lot of people are turning left. So you know how it is. The lights red. The line to turn left is long as shit, right? But the other lanes next to it are open because those are people that are just going straight. Yeah. So asshole Sal never waits in line, ever. I drive, and then when the right when I get to the end, the turning lane usually opens up, and I just kind of slide in. You know what I mean? Mm. I just, just kind of merge in. That's not an asshole. That's called good Bay Area driving. Yeah. And I just I just merge in, like I slide. It's like I lube it up, and I go right in. Mm, and yeah. so I did that today. Start with the, the little tip. I did that today, and it was um, it was this lady in a minivan, which. According to my studies, women in minivans are the worst, bitchiest drivers of all time. They're but, just mean. But do we blame them? No. No. I guess no, not. No. But they're just mean. Like, yeah. I, I, got, I get flipped. I get it, dude. I mean. If I get flipped off 10 times, 9 out of 10 times, it's a mom in a, in a minivan. Literally. <laughs> really? <laughs> every time. I swear to God. That's hilarious. So she just doesn't want to let me in. <laughs> so what do I do? I merge anyway. And come in real slow. So she has to let me in. She's honking and flipping me off. So then she rolls up next to me. And she pulls her window down. And she's like, why don't you wait in line like everyone else, asshole? And I looked at her and I'm like, hmm. I didn't say shit because I'm like, she's right. I'm an asshole. <laughs> so I just waved. Like, through, uh, through a mind pump business card. That's not how I roll. <laughs> and yeah. Listen to my show. I'm going to talk about you today when I record. Like, hey, comb your hair. Huh? You w- 
You will wish- do wonders for you. <laughs> Kobe, that's what I would have said. You're not a milf. Here's a car. <laughs> <laughs> hey, those kids are really, really sucking. Well, the soul to out her of you. credit, she's still. I mean, you know, she's still trying to lose the thirty pounds from. You know, she just had a kid ten years ago, so <laughs> oh. she's having trouble. Yeah, Ooh. takes a while. Takes a while. See, I told you I was feeling like an asshole. Yeah. You, you're sure. on one. Jerksicle. Yeah, yeah. So, well, speaking of being a jerk, and this isn't related to you know taking it, but at the same time, <laughs> I was like at at uh, Pete's and uh, coffee, and um, I'm like waiting for my order and everything. Which, by the way, Pete's has better coffee than Starbucks. Absolutely, 100. percent But Phil's is the best. So Phil's. I just gotta put oh, yeah, Phil's is, Phil's is the money, money. Um. I'm waiting for my coffee. I'm 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 over where the little kiosk is where you put your lid on and everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm just on my phone and, and there's this guy sitting on this table and he gets up and he's just kind of looking past me somewhat and he literally walks like right into me. And he just keeps walking and kind of bumping into me. And then I, I'm what? just like I'm I'm looking on my phone and I'm looking up, I'm like, dude, what is this guy doing? I was like, ah, you, he, I, like, I it was up, like a slow bump, like he kept doing it. He just kept bumping into me, and like, in like, that's in, weird. In his, and he was looking past me. Is he blind? So uh, basically, <laughs> he was blind, wasn't he? Let me get to my story, <laughs> you asshole. And so I'm like, oh my god, like this guy is a dick, you know? And I, I, I get up and I'm just like, fucking oh. Justin pushes him. Over. I do. I didn't do anything. <laughs> Thank God I didn't do anything. I get. Up. <laughs> I walk over. I'm like, I'm just going to walk over here, you know, to, to wait for my drink order. And then I just kind of looking at him, kind of mean mugging. And I'm like, what is this guy doing? Like, he must be like mentally, you know, I don't know, disturbed or something, yeah. you know. And uh, I get my drink. And then I look. I go to the bathroom. I come back out. And uh, I look over at that table. And he's got one of those walking sticks for Brian. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Dick. Uh, I felt what a dick. Total Justin, asshole. Justin, Justin beats up a blind, retarded guy. I did not. <laughs> yeah, right. I, did, I, I, I totally coffee. was just like, uh, <laughs> I kind of, sometimes you have a sense like, you know, that, you know, somebody might not all, be all there, but it, in this case, he was there. He was just blind and he probably thought I was the table or something. <laughs> just like, what the fuck's your problem? You can't blind. He's like, pushing I'm me fucking blind, bro. That's yeah. my problem. <laughs> yeah, listen, I Sorry. can't see. Okay. I can't see yeah. shit. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Can't see shit, Captain. Yeah, I uh, felt like an asshole. Yeah. Justin, uh, Adam, did you do anything asshole today? Yeah, let's talk about it. No, you know, uh, I haven't um, I haven't been an asshole lately, I don't think. What the fuck? Hold on a second. No, no. Well, Hold on no, a second. No, no, no. Well, something's well, not right. literally impossible. Something's not right here. Hold, are you feeling okay? Okay, okay. Wait, There's been a disturbance. Okay, okay I have a story. I have a story. I knew it. See, I there did. we go. I did. That, was, I, that was fast. I did. It did not take long at all. I did pull a stunt yesterday. So yesterday at Orange Theory, once a month, all the all the trainers get together and we go over uh, the workouts coming like for November that's coming up. Right. And uh, the, the head trainer, Daniel is, uh, is not there. Right. So Daniel, if you're listening to this, bro, I was just, I love you, bro. I just, I was just playing with you, but this is kind of an asshole move. I feel like, cause uh, <laughs> so he's, he's not at the present at the meeting. So there's like six of us trainers or seven, however many there are of us. We're sitting in the room and we're all, we're going over stuff and, and he's on the speaker phone. So someone's got their phone out and so he could listen and, you know, he put his two cents in for the meeting and stuff and, you know, basically run, he's running the meeting from, from phone. And then when he gets almost done, he says, Hey, do you guys have any other questions? And uh, I decided to be a dick, a smart ass, you know, so I, I grabbed the phone and I said, yeah, you know, I have one question, Daniel. I said, um, um, when we have a 3G workout and I have 33 people in my class and two of those people want to use uh, the bike and one person wants to use elliptical and there's nobody on treadmill number seven, who should I pair rower number five with? 
And like all the trainers in the room, like start dying laughing, right? And he he's like, "Oh, actually, uh, Adam, this is what I would do." And he starts to go answer it for real. Oh, he starts to answer it for real, and everybody is just laughing. And he's even he's got to stop and gather something. He doesn't realize because he's on phone. He doesn't know that they're they're everyone's There's laughing at him. Listening, yeah, right. Yeah. So he stops, and then he gets gathers himself. So I let him get about halfway through. I go, "Whoa, whoa hold on." I, you totally lost me. Could you start over again? And then he starts all over again. He starts telling it all. Everybody was that dying. Is like, a dick move. Yeah, it was kind yeah. of a dick move. Yeah. And he doesn't know. He probably is finding out right now as he's listening to my pump. Oh yeah, it's always it's always. I love a you, dick D. Move. I love you, yeah. D. Yeah, you make yeah. you know make fun of people. At yeah, the, you know, at the, it's yeah. fine. Yeah, it's good times. Make them feel bad. It's know? good times. Yeah. Good job. Yep. Well, that was my last dick move. I haven't done anything else that uh, like that. But um, you know uh, what is there going- needs to be more dicks in the world. No, yeah, I disagree with yeah. that. Yeah, well, no. let me let me explain. No, we need more vaginas mm, in the world. You gotta explain. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. gotta explain. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. you're right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, from I hear our what perspective, you're, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I, no, let me let yeah, me explain. I mean, you, you're, now you're contradicting something you said in earlier. Mind pumps. We we have a flood of dick. Dick is everywhere. Everywhere. It's flooded the market. It's flooded the market. Yeah. yeah. No, I I no no. Let me explain what I mean. I just read yeah. a statistic the other day that college students, the majority of college students, pussies, mm. they. Uh, and if you're listening in your college, uh, if you're listening to Mind Pump, you're not a pussy. So I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to people not listening right now. They- <laughs> I'm talking to people not listening right, right yeah. now. That makes a lot of it, sense. It works it out perfectly. Yes. So the majority of college students <clears throat> prefer uh, c- language to be controlled on campus. In other words, they like uh, they, they want to have trigger warnings for words that might be offensive or books that might be offensive. Like, you know. Uh, trigger words. What's that mean? You know, like like if you're reading an old book and they talk about slavery, or you read an old book and, and, a, and a, the the wife is in its you know stereotypical role at home, or someone says a derogatory term in an old poem, well, or, we should just rewrite all of history. Well, That's it's what just we do. And, and 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 it's just and they don't want free speech. They're just like, no, everybody can't have their feelings hurt. Yeah. This is this is the majority of fucking students want this. <laughs> Did you hear that, dude? It was a it was a statistic I just saw on the news the other day. Well, remember I we talked. It's so. St- Fuck. Didn't we talk about this on Mind Pump too? How uh, a couple yeah, of the big silly. name co- big big name comedians won't even go to college yeah, campuses. Seinfeld and a couple like Chris Rock. And, yep. Yeah. Some of your yeah, some of your biggest comedians. We are witnessing the pussification of America. Oh, mm. it's ridiculous. Everybody gets so offended about everything. God damn it! I can't stand it. <laughs> yeah. Stop being such a. Ugh, wh- I don't know what to call you. I don't want to offend you. You know what I mean. <laughs> Son you of will. a bitch! Yeah, <laughs> son of a bitch! Yeah. They can't handle it. No, like I'll tell you what. Just listen. What just happened the, the other day? This is kind of along those lines. I just I sent this article to you guys today. Justin read it. Yes. So there's this. I gotta find. I should find it, huh? Yeah. Why don't you? Can you open it up, Justin, so I can uh, quote the right the right college? I'll look. I'll uh, look so there's an all girls college that this girl um, applied to, and um, but what they don't know is she was she's trans transgender. So let me explain. She's a, she was born a girl, but now she's transgender to a man. So she's a man, but she's right. applying to an all girl school. Isn't that backwards? I'm, that's not the problem. That's not what we're. That's not even the issue. So she she or he he applies to the school and they accept him and everything's fine. Everything's cool. Nobody bothers. Whatever. He runs for uh, office, like you know, school president or whatever. And there were three other candidates. And those people dropped out, so it looked like he would be the winner. There was a protest that he can't win because it's not displaying enough diversity because he's a white male. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making that up. It's 
It's, uh, wait, wait, wait. It's not it's, displaying enough diversity because he's, it's a, white so illogical. he's a white male. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. No, I love a, it. He's a white male. You, so they're like, we don't want, you know, uh, we're against, you know, stereotypes and racism and all these different things. You can't win because you're a transgender white male. Wait. Because you, Wesley, you don't. Wesley College, is that right? Is that what it says? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Wesley College. What the fuck is going on? It's imploding on itself. It's the craziness is imploding. I love that. That's it's like it's so far. The pendulum is swung so far in that direction that like they're creating all these new like contradictory things. It's It's, it's interesting. Everybody's offended about everything all the time. I'm I'm so angry about it. Right. I just want to rock. Just run around yelling derogatory terms at everybody. Just it's like a circus, dude. I mean, let's be honest. It's like, come on, man. Yeah, I get it. Some people are going to be ass, but you don't have to like. I don't know. It's just weird. You know? Yeah. Well, You're, I think the initial, I mean, the initial efforts, right, to, to kind of call assholes out for doing asshole things, that's great. Sure. But, uh, you know, taking that a step further with this protection, like this bubbling of uh, every little step of the process of not hurting this group of people, not, you know, offending this person. And, um, you know, like it, it just prevents daily activity. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know how people can calculate. Like everything they have to say without, because like you're gonna offend somebody, dude. There's a t-shirt company that has a shirt that says uh, "fat free" on it. It's a it's like a beef company or something, and it says "fat." And people are buying these t-shirts. They're getting sued because it makes it makes people who don't like to eat that way feel uncomfortable. Shut the. <laughs> I am not. I am telling the truth, dude. Only in California, bro. No, I don't know where it is. It's got to be California. Only Cal- California, we can sue for anything, dude. Yeah. Anything, yeah, anything you could ridiculous. possibly think of, you can be sued for. Yeah. Somebody can figure a way out. Like, oh, you know what? I'm going to sue that motherfucker for that. Actually, <laughs> that's, how, that's how California is. It really is like that. It's ridiculous. You know, I'll tell you something else that's ridiculous. That's driving me nuts right now. So, you guys know that <clears throat> I came on board of uh, OTF uh, when it first started over here in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. I know, I know the owner. Uh, very well, and uh, Brendan Abizu. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm Yeah, so I know B Weezy pretty well. Uh, super badass dude, great guy. Um, and you know, part of the deal was I most certainly uh would find a way that I could help him out. Like I didn't know how much time I could commit to the facility and stuff like that, just because we got so much other stuff going on. But really like the concept, like where they're going for, for group training and stuff like that. And I thought it was really cool. So. Long story short, you know, I ended up having to, uh, you know, step down to just a trainer who came in there a few hours a week because I don't have the time to to put into like running the facility. But the play, it, he just got uh, number one uh, club in the entire company uh, last the week before last. Uh, huge for him, stuff like that. In entire country, there's like three hundred something clubs, and uh, he's a newer facility. So for that to happen, it's pretty impressive and cool. Well, in, in, in this is where I, I'm getting at with you guys that see if you guys remember this or remember experience this, experiencing this is what's happening. And I fucking hate this about corporate America, man. You get a company that is so awesome, right? And when it starts off, you know, it, in order to make it a, a great company, it, it has to have a strong core, right? There's probably 20, 30, 50, who knows how many people that started this this business, and they're probably pretty damn badass in order for it to grow to what it is. And then what happens is, you know, a, a good business, a good business model like that ends up growing so fast that within a year, two years, you know, 
a majority is no longer badass. You now start to get the 80-20 rule where, mm. you know, 80% are average to below average people. 20% are those elite type people, like the people that probably started the thing. And then as a company, what companies tend to do, and I this is the part that irritates me, is they they look at the 80%. They look at the 80% of the people and they go, okay, what do we need to do as a company Mm-hmm. to to figure out our problems. Oh, okay, we're getting issues with, you know, trainers not doing this and trainers doing that. So and now you guys got to pay for it. Exactly. So then you start to see these things roll. Now this hasn't quite happened yet, but it's coming already and I already see the writing on the wall and corporate and, America doesn't like rule benders. Uh, it's just it's and not even just the, the rule bending part, it's that because we I, I don't like this way of running a business where you put your energy into the people that were, and I watched, we watched this with 24 hour fitness that drove me crazy was instead of focusing on everybody's strengths and making them all better at what they already do, right. you start to focus on all the problems that you have, which are the, you know, the 80% and you're like, okay, we're going to take these average people and we're going to do our best to make right. them a little bit better than what they already are because that's going to, as a company overall affect every, the, the line. But then you, what you end up doing is you take away from those you know, those leaders, the people that think outside the box, the ones that are creating, the ones that are doing unique stuff. You handcuff them. That originally probably built the fucking company. You know what I'm saying? Now those people become, uh, you know, either one, outcasted, or two, get conformed, or three, they end up saying, fuck this, I'm out of here, and they leave, and you lose those type of people. Well, what so this is what happens. When they're they're building a big brand, one of the things that in the past has worked really well, but I can foresee in the future it not working so well. And what it is, it's, it's uniformity. It's everybody has to look the same. Everything has to sound the same. Everything has to be the same. And so big, you know, the old, the old original big corporations like, you know, McDonald's and all these companies. I was going to say McDonald's was the the standard as far as all that uniformity goes, because I mean, every business on the planet wants to model what they did and did well because it was so, uh, uh, the systematized. Right. Because you go in, you get a burger in Germany or you get a burger in, you know, Santa Cruz. Very uniform. It's the same burger, right? Yeah. Which which is fine when you're dealing with a product. Okay. When you're dealing with the product that makes sense. Like if I buy a, a, an iPhone, it should be an iPhone regardless of where I get it. If I buy a burger from the same burger joint, it's a chain, it should taste the same no matter where I get it. However, in people businesses, um, that shouldn't be the same. Uh, every facility should have its own flavor. Right. And the successful ones tend to be successful because they have that kind, they have a flavor that tends to work for that community. That doesn't mean you could pick up that flavor and put it in another country and it could work. It might, it might not. But for whatever reason, it's working where it's at. Don't fuck with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Don't change it. Because back in the day at 24, way back in the day before you know they started doing that to everybody, every club, all the successful clubs had their own flavor. Oh, they, yeah, absolutely. They, they didn't do things exactly the same, yet they were all successful. Yeah. So that doesn't mean you should make them all uniform and handcuff. Well, they adjusted to their environment too. I mean, you get all kinds of different types of people coming in, and like you know, they might they might they might respond to a different message, right? So the sales, uh, the process, everything might you know you know be geared a little bit more to entice that person and make that. Uh, person more likely to stay and and enjoy themselves. So totally, it's different. Totally. When I ran Salinas, for example, we <coughs> we sold very very little of the big you know Cadillac membership at the time it was called Key Fit Plus. We sold very little of them because that area people didn't have they didn't want they didn't have the money to spend you know a thousand dollars in a gym. But we did sell a lot of the bottom line membership with some additional personal training attached to it, and we were very successful doing that. That model wouldn't work. 
in a San Mateo or a Sunnyvale, right? It's different. And so it, 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 there's just a different flavor and you shouldn't handcuff it. And I'll tell you where that's uh, that same uniformity mentality is trying to be applied and it's coming up with disastrous results and it's in education. Yeah. Education is a big one where they're coming out with all these standards mm-hmm. and every kid and everywhere in the country needs to be taught the same way, follow the same tests and pass the same oh test, which is ridiculous because every kid is different yeah. and you're handcuffing the teacher who's working. That's a, that's another people business right. where the teacher can't use their own skill to to you know work around the, the child and the student. I just remember this uh, this meme uh, that that pretty Mimi. much depicted all that the Mimi uh it had a tree and it had all these different animals oh yeah yeah and then the guy said okay now the test is to climb the tree right and so you have like an elephant and you have like a you know jaguar and all this kind of but it, it just it it embodies that where that diversity of uh the way that you know every kid is different and they learn in a different fashion mm-hmm. and uh they need to have exposure to different methods and right there, there's no one uniformity uh that's gonna be successful all the way across the board. Right. Having, having some of that, that uh, allowing the, the, the leaders of your facility lead, allowing them to lead is one of the smartest things I think you could do with a big business. Of course, there's going to be some uniformity in terms of, you know, how people get paid and how people get checked in and maybe how the facility looks Mm -hmm. and the equipment and stuff like that. But people show up to a gym maybe initially because of the name, but they stay because of the people. Yeah. Well, you know I, what I'm saying? I That's find it. this, and, and it's, I think it's extremely important in a people business, like you said, but I find this true in business in general when you're leading a staff of people, no matter what industry you're in. If you have a staff of people that are working underneath you, uh, and th- this was something that it took me years into my career before I kind of figured this out. I mean, I was... Uh, all of us were very successful since since day one of coming into the fitness industry. But, you know, the evolution of that was, you know, when I first started, <clears throat> a lot of my success, I relied on myself. I relied on, you know, I'll just fucking make it happen. You know, I'll work so hard. I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out myself. And all I need is one or two people to get on board with me. And then we're going to be just fine. Or later in my career. I found, you know, better ways to to manage and lead people versus, you know, doing myself. And the work was a lot easier and I was a lot more successful. And one of the first things that I learned to do was, you know, stop looking at my staff as, you know, trying to get them to all be like this, what this the image of what someone would think would be a perfect trainer or or, you know, trying to emulate, get them to emulate what I did or what that's like. Instead, I would find what I liked about every one of them that I already liked, what they naturally already had. And then I would try and enhance that. I would try and bring more of that out, focus on what they were good at already, and then try to get them to accelerate and be great at that. And then just find different, different pieces. Cause that's just what's neat is when you put together a team of people, like I said, in any, any industry that you're doing, you know, to, to try and conform everybody to be the same, you just kill the spirits of people like that. I mean, and if you, if you want the, you moment, end up with a bunch of B, C and B players. Yes, exactly. You, 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 the A players are out because yeah. A players, it's not for them. No, they need to feel autonomy. They need to feel a little bit of freedom. And if you lock them down, they're gone, and who stays are the, the robots, the drones, yeah. and you end up with a B, with a B type company. Well, I see. I already see where this podcast has started out. Like we're talking about assholes, right? And <laughs> and now we are talking about leadership, and so there's a di- direct correlation there, and then also the pussification of America, right? So let's bring all that together. Let's talk about CEOs. <laughs> what makes what makes a great CEO? I mean, there's a lot of them that that. 
if you if you keep intensifying the pressure and the demand and uh, the people underneath uh, and you're trying to consider uh, thousands of employees, not just a couple, um, you know, and, and, and the buck drops on you. Are you are you really going to be uh, liked by everybody? I no. mean, is that going to happen? Are you no. going to appease everybody? You know, makes- or are you going to make decisions that are assertive that are for the greater good? But you know, you you are clear in in the distinction that you're making that decision. No, the the the, the only people that the the employees have to like, um, I, I say like very carefully because when I say like, I mean respect, like and respect. Okay, because true respect, true respect is someone respects you, but they also like you. Respect when someone doesn't like you doesn't really exist because you can't respect someone that you don't like. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so that's what I mean by that. But the people that they really have to truly respect in that sense are the people they work directly under, the people they know. This faceless CEO that they've never met, yeah. they could think he's an asshole all day long, or it doesn't matter. Not, they never met the guy; they don't know him. Right. Maybe they met him once at a big meeting, but it's really that that in, that person, the direct rapport. That's the person yeah. you need to really focus on yeah. mm-hmm. and give them some autonomy and allow them to have that freedom to kind of be themselves. And, you know, you were talking about your trainers, Adam. You know, I was the same way with my staff, always. You know, I always followed this inverted business model because the old business model was uh, the customer's always right. Customer's number one. Everybody else, everything else falls under that. We've all been told that a million times. That's wrong. Yeah, I agree. That's the wrong business model. The employee and the staff is the most important. The customer comes after. And what do I mean by that? I mean, if your staff is treated that way, if you treat them in the sense where they're the most important and you're letting them, you know, uh, be their most creative and be their best, whatever that means for them, the customer is going to have a fantastic experience. Yeah, exactly. If you treat your your, your employees like shit, but the customer's God, you're going to have a shitty situation it's not yeah, going to be gonna feel undervalued and and you know like they can't uh, make their own sort of decisions and, and involve themselves project themselves into the the business exactly yeah but the whole ceo thing just makes me laugh you know well yeah I, I was just going to comment on justin's ceo thing because i mean let's be honest most of these guys they don't give a fuck about the people below i mean they, <laughs> they get you most ceos it's a it's a it's a you're you yeah. you take on a company that you see opportunity for you either to cut costs on the bottom line or you can see something that you can implement so you can turn around, make that thing profitable, flip it, get out, make your money, make, sell your share, whatever the, it is. The, the jo- right. The job of the CEO is to look at the numbers, mm-hmm. figure out how to make it work better, and to earn the respect of the people directly under him. But really, that's that's about it. That's how they're, they're going to lead. Now, in very, very rare situations, you have these uh, CEOs – that inspire, um, you know, uh, the kind of leadership that you see every great once in a while. The problem with that then is the company then becomes so dependent on that that when the CEO leaves, that company never does it, – it doesn't ever really come up to where it was before. You know, Apple is a good example. Yeah. Apple is a very successful company, shit tons of money, but Steve Jobs – was that kind of CEO where you know, like a god, right? He, he created the cult behind it, right? So yeah. when he's gone, it's different, right? Uh, Elon Musk is another one of those, you know, type of CEOs. Yeah. So are they good guys, nice guys? I don't know. I don't know them. I, I'm sure a lot of people thought they were assholes. I've, I've read yeah. books, you know, that, that said that people thought that. But you know, when it, when it comes to CEO, that's kind of you know that's that's their, their and it's a hard fucking job. Oh yeah. They just by the way, CEOs deserve every penny they earn. Right. For those of you who are like CEOs only make so much money and then the, they make way more than their their employees. 
Yeah, because they that, they don't get any sleep. Well, no, besides that, like <laughs> if you could fucking do the job, then go do it. You know what yeah, I'm yeah, exactly. Like if I if I went outside and interviewed a hundred people and asked them, hey, do you think um, do you think Michael Jordan is worth all the money he earned? Everyone will be like, oh yeah, absolutely, Michael Jordan, definitely. What about Beyonce? Oh yeah, absolutely. CEO of Walmart? No, 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 no. He gets paid too much. <laughs> like, where the fuck is your brain? Yeah. You know, isn't that funny? It is. That it's is. hilarious to me. <laughs> One, you know, he employs shitloads of people just like they did, or maybe more. And yet, yeah. you know, it yeah. just blows me up. <laughs> so they earn every cent. But yeah, it really comes down to, you know, like you were saying, Adam is is. Um, Allowing people to be themselves oh, yeah. mm-hmm. within that within that structure, not it, to make a bunch of robots. No, it, it it's it sounds like such simple advice, but I feel like and everybody when I say it to someone, they oh yeah, they nod their head and they agree, and then they go right back to fucking doing other things. So it's just like man, you, you people don't truly grasp it. That's why uh, I think we uh, we talked about this not too long ago. Uh, one one of my favorite reads that this is that right on this topic, and it's literally a, a day read. You can pick it up and read it in a day is one minute manager mm-hmm. and it's about a, a CEO of a fortune 500 company and, and why, why they're so successful and they go around interviewing all the employees and they all are kind of saying the same stuff about this, the CEO that no one really ever sees rarely ever, but when they do see him, these are the things he does, you know, and, mm-hmm. and they're the simple things of, of telling them what a great job they're doing and patting them on the back type of deal and always positive and always this and always that. And you know, we should go into some of those <clears throat> rules because I, I forget about them. Sometimes I haven't had a big staff in a long time. I mean, when I owned my gym, I had a small, but they weren't really my staff. They all paid rent, so they kind of ran their own business, which which I actually enjoyed. But you know, there were, there's a couple rules. Like, here's a very basic rule. This is a very basic rule that I cannot believe that managers do not know or understand. And if you're a manager and you're listening, this will make you so much more effective. Okay, if you're gonna reprimand an employee, always do it in private. Yes. If you're gonna talk well Big, about a huge if, rule right if you're going to talk well about an employee if you're going to boast about an employee if you're going to encourage an employee and talk about how great they're doing do it in public mm-hmm. okay reprimand in private and you promote in public when they're among their peers when you've got everybody around and they're all sitting around and justin's over here and there's all these other trainers and justin just did a kick-ass job i'm not going to wait till i'm behind closed doors to tell justin to go. i'm gonna do it in front of all his peers mm-hmm. you just kicked ass you crushed everybody you did a great job just great now if justin fucks up i'm not gonna do that in front of his peers I'm going to say, hey, let's go get some lunch. Or here, come to my office real quick. I'm going to show you something. Then we're going to talk about it, me and him. That that little tip right there will make you so much more of an effective so manager. Lot, and yeah. most managers do the Keep opposite. Retention and everything. Yeah. Oh, they do the opposite. They'll take the person inside the office to tell them they did a good job. And then they'll talk shit to them in front of everybody. Oh, yeah. No, I'll tell you something. It's so backwards. You, yeah, it's it terrible. Would, it would blow your mind if, if people actually just... <clears throat> so I, I, read, I read this one book, right? And they, they did this study on... Um, they went and asked uh, uh, these employees uh, also from another, all these successful companies. And they went and asked uh, the CEOs, you know, if I were to, if we were on a scale of one to 10, 10 being you, uh, you know, you take care of your employees, you tell them how good they are, you, you hype them up type of deal. You know, would you consider yourself, you do that as an employee? And for sure, all these badass CEOs were like, for, you know, that's one of my things. I just, you take care of your people, you, you praise them, you reward them, you, this, that, whatever, right? You respect them. They're all 10, 10, 10 out of 10, right? And then they go ask those the employees to all those same those same people, like, you know, how often does your CEO tell you you're having a good job, this and that on a scale of 1 to 10? And the average number was like a 6. So the moral of the story was no matter how much we, we uh, praise somebody or tell them they're doing a good job, it'll never be enough. Mm-hmm. So I remember after I reading that, I, I, I did something different, and it changed my career for sure. This was one of those turning points for me also. 
was, okay, so at all times I had a staff somewhere between 15 and 20 or so, 25, sometimes 30 employees. And, you know, that's that's a lot of people on a daily basis to try and manage. So to be effective like that, I thought, okay, this is what I'm going to do. So I said, and my trainers didn't know this. They To this day, they don't know this unless they're listening now. They'll want to find out. I used to set... You used to put drugs in their water? Yes. No. <laughs> Make everybody happy? Man. I used to set reminders. I, mine I used to... So we'll take... We'll, let, let's say, for example, you guys were all employees of mine. I had Sal, Justin, and Doug. They were working for me. And I I, I'd have no, a, I'd have a, I'd have a reminder that would go off and it would be in a long no way. He'd I'd rub s- your shoulders. I'd set you right in. Uh, exactly. Right. Thanks, Justin, for getting yeah. my back on that one. I, so my reminder would go off and it would it would vibrate my phone. Vibrate, I look down at it and say, you know, Sal, 2 p.m. And then I would know right then and there, no matter what I was doing, I would stop what I was doing. I go find Sal. And whatever Sal was doing, I would find something about what he was doing at that moment, whether he was training a client, whether he was working on paperwork, whether he was just having a good time bullshitting with somebody. But I would find something that he was doing at the moment to come over and compliment him about that. So if he was training a client, I would find something that he was doing well. And I'd, and I'd put my hand on his shoulder and say, hey, I just want to let you know, like, I've seen all the work that you've been putting in with this lady. And it's a great job. It's very inspiring. And walk away. That's mm-hmm. it. That's all I'd say. Take two seconds to do that. But I do that to all my all my staff. And when you start when you start managing from that point where you start leading people like that, and like you said, praising them at mushroom, you don't actually ever have to pull somebody aside and tell them what they're doing wrong because they all want to do so well for mm-hmm. you that it, when they fuck up, they come to you. When they fuck up, they don't do something. They would come to me and be like, ah, Adam, I'm so sorry. I fucked up on this. I should have done this and that. You know what I'm saying? And then we talk. See, see a lot of managers get the get the the, the mis the misinterpretation. They get they get the wrong on this particular belief that they think that money is the number one main motivator of uh, employees. Like right. that's what's going to make them work. All yeah, that was the least. But that what's that's so wrong because which is crazy. And it's funny because I worked with someone a long time ago who had this debate with me, and she's like, No, no, no. People show up for their paycheck. That's why they work real hard. Mm-hmm. And I said, and I told her, I said. Some of the hardest workers you will ever find in the whole world that put the most passion, blood, sweat, and tears are volunteers. Mm-hmm. When people volunteer for a cause that they believe in, they will work harder than any paid employee you'll ever see in your life. Absolutely. So, so what does that mean? What does that teach us? It teaches us that if you have a staff that you need to, they need to believe in the cause. They're not just showing up to do a job. It's something bigger than them. It's 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 about the team. It's about fitness. It's about right. promoting yeah. this this wellness. It's about this uh, this camaraderie that we have where we all work together um, to achieve this common goal. And when you get that, uh, you're unstoppable. I used to have employees. No shit. I got in trouble for this. I would have employees show up on their days off all the time and say, and I try and send them home, and they'd say, no, no, I'm not going to clock in. I just want to come in and just want to help, and I just want to help you guys set up for the weekend or all the time. And again, just like you said, Adam, example, corporate comes down and says, they can't do that. They need, they either get paid or they can't do that. And I know they're trying to cover their ass, right. but you ruin this fucking amazing thing that we have. Oh, this culture that you've built. You've the, built a culture around these people that everybody wants to do well and everybody wants to be recognized. Whether anyone admits it or not, just so you say it, when you you praise these these employees. And you know, I know we're using fitness as an analogy. That's what most of us did for a majority of our career. But the parallels are in all it business. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter when you when your employee does something good. And you know, you, you no one thinks about that if if you praise so much, because then what happens is employees that also let, let's say you I haven't I haven't said anything to Justin in like two weeks. 
Like without anything being said, he's going like, man, Adam hasn't come over and told me what a great job. I'm like, I'm like, what am I fucking doing? Then he starts analyzing his own work. Mm-hmm. I don't even got to point out what he's doing wrong or what he could be doing better. He's thinking about, fuck, what am I not doing? Because he hasn't said anything to me about what a great job I'm doing. Why is Adam not rubbing me? <laughs> what what uh, have you guys have heard of the uh, like if you need to reprimand something, uh, someone or tell them that they did something wrong? You've heard about sandwiching it. Yeah. Before, have you heard of that? Yeah. So uh, these are just small, basic things. It's funny, too, because I did a lot of this without realizing what it was called. And people, then I'd take these courses and they teach us um, that this is how you're supposed to do it. But, um, you know, if you're going to reprimand something, take them aside in private and make sure you start with something good and end with something good. You sandwich that shitty what you're about to tell them with good and good. <laughs> Their shit sandwich. It's a, Before it's, you uh, feed them a, sit, it's a shit, shit sandwich, sandwich, make sure they put got some, some good-ass bread on it. Get, put some donut. Hey, I did that to my neighbor kid. Remember I told that story? What did you do? The shit brownie. <laughs> oh, yeah. The dog shit brownie. Yeah. I was just trying to coach him. Yeah. <laughs> just trying to better his life. But, you know, you bring him in the office, you're like, yeah. look, man, I know you're working your ass off and I appreciate all the work you're doing. That's a good thing, right? Yeah. Yesterday, when the guest uh, didn't sign up, you forgot to have me come. You didn't have me come in a TO. We can't do that. Nobody can leave without getting a TO. That's a bad thing. But I know you're, I mean, you're one of the best sales guys I have. It ain't going to happen again. And uh, I actually want you to teach other people on how to TO better because when you do do it, you're awesome about it. And that's a good thing. And so they end and they're like, well, I just got, you know, I feel good. <laughs> huh? Yeah. You can't, you can't put it in without lube. You got to lube. Yeah. Then if, otherwise it's just hurts. <laughs> yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Adam knows what I'm talking about. Uh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, otherwise yeah. it hurts. It, sometimes it bleeds. Yeah. yeah. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to Mind Pump and leave us a good rating and review. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. For more information about this show and to get valuable free resources from Sal, Adam, and Justin, visit us at www.mindpumpradio.com. Until next time, this is Mind Pump.